0: You a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just
1: society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis.
0: Thank you so much for joining us again today. I love journeying with you on this, and also I appreciate. The listeners who give feedback Uh, through the emails, we encourage you at the end, the announcer will give the email to you, but uh, recently had a listener tell me how they're taking the principles and practicing it in their neighborhood. So good job. The seed is planted and the plant is growing. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it says that there is nothing new under the sun, that what is has already been as humans we don't really have any new ideas we're just tweaking old ideas for example our modern cars are just tweaks of the ancient chariots (laughs) so we're we're uh, we're not all that creative as humans but that's okay it helps us to have an example to look to for ideas on how something gets done or is created it's good to have a model to look to and the local parish can be a community of justice to show us what a society of justice looks like. In fact, the New Testament is chock full of ideas and examples of what a just community looks like, and that's what we'll be talking about today, is how to to help your parish become a model of a just society. And I'm welcoming back today, Deacon Scott Aiken. Welcome back.
1: it's great to be back with you i'm I'm excited about this topic
0: yeah and i'm looking forward to it it's uh appreciate the work you do the joy you bring in life uh what a what a blessing you are um the how do we integrate the one another's in the new testament that's the gist of this podcast uh, we're given many one another's mostly by saint paul love one another forgive one another admonish one another bear one another's burdens and so on and how do we integrate those into our local parish community but first before we get in that how do we create a parish that is intentional towards one another we're not just showing up for mass but we're actually living intentionally towards one another,
1: right? Well, that, that's great. That's a great beginning because you know. So oftentimes people come to mass to receive the gift, the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. They might not even consider it a gift. They might just consider it. This is I just have to have this yeah. this token, this need. Right. But what is it? What is it about the receiving Eucharist, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving for Christ's sacrifice that we're called to do in reception of that and mm-hmm mass means to be sent. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what what are we being sent for? Am I being sent back for my own selfish needs or am I being sent out now that I've received Christ and hopefully I've received Christ in a state of grace that it can be transformative for me? Mm -hmm. Um, Then if I'm transformed then I act as Christ when I leave that parish. Mm -hmm. How do I do that? And I think for parishes one key component that they have to consider is what do we have for engaging the parishioner mm-hmm. at not just a superficial, level, but at a deep level, uh, being in, uh, in uh, groups to study scripture, being in groups to talk about theology, being mm-hmm. in groups to talk about social injustices and, and justice needs, yeah. and, and to be in groups to recognize those that are on the margins within the parish. But that shouldn't end there so by the margins in the parish meaning those those uh, young adults who have been through confirmation and now they've left the house and they're kind of in a quandary as to what's my next step or the elder who's uh, been left by their family to to uh, uh, an elderly home who are fi- feeling disconnected mm-hmm. well it's the church's responsibility to connect to those communities as a representation of a broader need mm-hmm. and if they can do that in the in that uh, context they can actually be effective Mm -hmm. as the sacrament that they're receiving through the Mm -hmm. Eucharist in the broader community
0: yeah yeah I love that and we'll get more in a moment on taking you know creating that just society in the parish and then integrating it to the neighborhood around it. It, uh, it just something we've had moments in history of doing that and moments not so much so yeah Right. There's models out there. It's not like we're on a blank page here. So uh, looking forward to this. Now, some examples, I think, of of these intentional communities that could serve as models to the local parish would be like the Catholic worker houses. Mm-hmm. There's very much intentional community. I'm very connected to one here in Portland. Um, and they're, they're all over the place. But people who live intentionally towards the poor uh, and various other people that that are on the margins of society and then the people that are members of that catholic worker house actually you know they live life together and uh, very intentional that there's many protestant intentional communities too one that i've been connected with over the years uh, in north portland is church of the servant king very uh, hmm. Talk about they've honed it over the years. They've been doing it since the 80s and they've just been honing it and getting, you know, just it's a blessing and a challenge when you hang out with them to see how these people with families and children living together, sharing life together and what they the way they define it as daily discipleship together, you know, and then they're very involved in the surrounding neighborhood uh yeah so there are examples out there but let's before we get into integrating all of that let's look at these one another, break mm-hmm. them down a little bit and how we can practice it so we've got love one another right yeah right you kind of touched on it but and, yeah. and i
1: think that's that's what the eucharist is intended to give us the ability yeah. to love as christ loves yeah uh, but in order to be receptive to that we have to be in a state of grace as the church is clear about and yeah. so i think for for a, a number of folks that, that might just go and receive, to not know the why is really selling short mm-hmm. Christ's call. Yeah. yeah. What, what's the why for me to receive this? It, it's to actually be able to um, be effective, mm-hmm. to love another person whom I might struggle with tremendously. It doesn't mean, I, I, I think oftentimes uh, there's a sense that, okay, if I have to love the person I, I really despise, and by loving them, I need to be interactive with them. Then I'm out.
0: And I, and I you know, and
1: I, I think that's a, a common mis- misnomer. Christ isn't saying live with those people who drive you nuts, but Christ is saying you have to love them. Yeah. Because you don't know the history of what brings them to the place where they're causing you aggravation. Mm-hmm. Nor do you necessarily understand why you are being caused aggravation. Yeah. So you have to love them in spite of your your reaction reactive Mm -hmm. state but you don't have to live in the midst of them and and suffer that that's not what christ is if that makes
0: sense yeah that's so true i'm glad you said that because uh jesus loved the pharisees in fact from the cross he forgave them he even ate dinner with them but he didn't spend the night at their house you know in fact you see jesus even though he came into interaction with the pharisees he, he actually stayed separated from them quite often. He was quite distant with them. Uh, why? Because they drove him crazy. <laughs> like, And <laughs> but it's not just that, but he knew the condition of their hearts being God. He knew the condition of their hearts, and he's just like, you know, I've got to spend my energy with people who are open and receptive.
1: I think that's really poignant when he is in the Praetorium and he's being questioned by Pilate. Yeah. Pilate says, what is truth? And and Christ is silent, yeah. Not because he doesn't love Pilate. He knows what Pilate is going to do,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but he loves Pilate. But he knows that Pilate can't hear it. Yeah. So just as a, an example of we we can go and address our our spouse or our son or daughter or our mm-hmm. neighbor um, in a way that judges them and says you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Uh, which isn't what Christ is asking you to do in loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. It might be very well to be silent.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. To be silent and, and
1: carry that burden.
0: Yeah, and, and understanding boundaries as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, in one thing, being in close proximity to another person actually brings up things you need to work in within yourself. That's beauty of marriage. All this stuff comes up. It's right. like only your spouse can cause that stuff to come up that you need work on, which is the sacramental nature of marriage. But at uh, the same time, with some people... It's it's okay to allow that stuff to come up because by my anger at this person, my enemy, so to speak, well, then I realize I'm not perfected in love. But at the same time, I'm also not going to allow my enemy to take advantage of me. Uh, so, for example, I've had people where you know they're just belittling me on the phone, yelling, and I just tell them, if you don't stop, I'm going to hang up right. because this isn't constructive, what's happening right now.
1: Right. And I, you know, distortion of peace is, is that, that's the devil's playground. Mm-hmm. The devil wants division and it first begins with robbing us of peace. Yeah, And then by virtue of that, robbing us of the ability to love. Yeah, And unless we have something to counter that, and that's why for the church, this, the taking part in the sacraments is so necessary in order to live out loving one another.
0: All right. Now, maybe I should skip this next one, uh, but I can't because it's there in the New Testament. <laughs> Forgive one another
1: forgive one another
0: in the parish where we know people forgive one another right Wow
1: 70 times seven you know when when that question is put to Jesus <laughs> yeah how many times 70 times yeah. seven well that that just there's a constant um, internal change that happens within our ability to forgive mm-hmm. and uh, we, we had a class recently um, at Holy Redeemer where we were talking about this forgiving someone it's not as it's not because they are gonna feel better or mm-hmm. they're gonna be better for it, you're gonna be better for it. When we hold unforgiveness, mm-hmm. that's we think we're doing that like some mm-hmm. sort of value to the person that we're not being forgiving of mm-hmm. when in fact we're we're actually mm-hmm. burdening ourselves mm-hmm. with this sense that somehow this is valuable and unforgiveness is not valuable at all. Yeah. And Christ makes that very clear. So seventy times seven, you constantly need to forgive because it's baggage that you will drag <laughs> and you will tire and you it will wear you out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I had a saintly friend say, what happens is when somebody hurts you, you just see them as a monster. He says, when you forgive them, what you're doing is you're actually having compassion on them because they're wounded Yes. and wounded dogs hurt others, you know, and bite. So it's like, wow. And that's hard to change from anger to compassion for somebody who's hurt you. But once you do it, then it changes everything inside yeah. Yeah. So uh, now this next one's a bit of a tough one for listeners to imagine. I, I would think because in America we're given to this rugged individualism, mm-hmm. but it's there in the New Testament: bear one another's burdens.
1: Right. Right. What and does that mean? Yeah. So uh, using um, a connection back to uh, the Gospel of Matthew on on yoking, on being mm-hmm. yoked. Yeah. Um, part of being. Yoke to Christ is being yoked to the other, to another. Wow. <laughs> and and we, if we if we're operating in Christ-like practice, will help someone bear a load that they maybe can't bear without help.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Conversely, if we need help, we need to be open to another person coming to give us help. Yeah. That they could be inspired by Christ to give us that help. Yeah. So. Yeah, bearing one another's, bearing the load of one another is sharing responsibility for my humanity is rooted in your humanity, Mm -hmm. not in spite of your humanity. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and I've got a friend, I'm such a giver, and because I don't know what it is, you know, just everything I do, my career, everything is give, give, give. I've got this friend that when we're together, they buy my meal, Mm. they get this thing for me, they said, I'm going to teach you how to receive if it kills me, <laughs> that's what they've told me. I was like, "Okay, thank you."
1: Boy, we but are that's,
0: uh, yoked together. Yeah, yeah, we are.
1: We are rugged to, as rugged individuals, as you oh, said. yeah. Rugged to receive. Yeah, we we feel like we, um, uh, at times, uh, either expect or or it, we're hard. It's hard to be thankful. hmm And yet, as again, t- attaching it back to the sacrament of the Eucharist, when we are Christian, it is it is Christ that we're being thankful for. Mm-hmm. And we're most thankful in the Eucharist, the source and summit of our faith as Catholics. Mm-hmm. But in the other person, yeah. they are Christ creating His image and likeness. Yeah. And whether they know it or not, and whether I know it or not, I have to be open to that. Yeah. And when I am, then <laughs> all of a sudden the Holy Spirit can come yeah. in and do miraculous things. I just yeah. met with a, a homeless man uh, over at the Lloyd Center, and uh, it was. I, I walked by him and I thought, if I, I have to go in to do this uh, appointment, of, if he's there when I come back out, I'm going to stop and talk to him. Because he was asleep on the on the sidewalk in a sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. When I came back out, he was, he was sitting up and I reminded myself. My third person said, remember you said you were going to stop. So I stopped and I talked with him. And just being present to him to help hear what he's yoked with, what he's struggling with, what yeah. his burden is. Moved to tears, both of us moved to tears. We both prayed. He's a Baptist. I'm a Catholic. Um, we prayed together, asking for the Holy Spirit wow. to intervene and help mm. him find help in his solutions that yeah. he needed. Um, it was. It, it's only by only by the fact that I have Christ <laughs> within me. Yeah, and, and as fumbling as I might be as a human being, Christ perfects that in the moment.
0: Yeah.
1: And the Holy Spirit enters into that moment <laughs> and transforms what otherwise would be just a blunder by my, yeah. by my, by my perspective. Yeah. Uh, and he's moved to be able to cry with someone, to yeah. cry with someone and let go of some of that burden and not feel mm. alone. And that is, the devil wants us to feel alone. Yeah. God wants us to, to feel part of the yeah. body of Christ.
0: And thank you for sharing that, because that's perfect segue into the next one. What you both were doing is pray for one another. A few years ago, I saw this cartoon. I loved it. This guy's standing in the foyer of the church, and he says, oh, no, here comes Bob. And I told him I would pray for him. And he's like, dear God, help Bob. Amen. <laughs> hey, Bob, I've been praying for you. He says, you know, <laughs> it's about how it works sometimes, too, you know, right. a lot of times. But pray for one another. I would suppose that Saint Paul is talking about an intensity, in yeah. that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's, um, it's part of, you know, for I I'm even though I'm clergy, I, I have you know I'm I'm not in any way a, a better person at remembering to reflect on my day. So when we go to bed, we're tired, like mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. I'm just going to go to sleep. Well, the Lord asks us to take some time and reflect on the day. Mm-hmm. The church asks us to take some time, reflect on the day. Think of what you did in the day. Because it's not just valuable for you to be aware of those uh, moments where Christ entered in, but it's valuable for you to be transformed by it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you can't do that unless you reflect. Uh, and so part of the praying with another person is reflecting on them in a way in your mind. That's where imagination is so mm-hmm. so yeah. valuable. I, I reflect on on this individual that I met yesterday mm-hmm. uh, on what, what kind of challenges is he facing? Mm-hmm. And in my prayer, then it becomes intentional in a way that it wouldn't be if I just said, Okay, I, I told the guy I'm going to pray for him. I pray for Bob. I'm on. <laughs> you know, No, what is it? I have to be able to try and empathize. And I think that's what Christ constantly was doing when he met with Zacchaeus and, and other, other people that, he, that we hear in the Bible. He's empathizing with where they are at the moment and yeah. i'm here with you and i want to have i want to have a meal with you. Yeah. i want to break bread and i want to share my life with you for the wow. moment. And that's when we really enter into the fullness of prayer. It's not just a thought, a conscious thought, it's a subconscious.
0: Yeah, and so true and you know <clears throat> of course the most perfect prayer we've been given is the our father but most beautiful prayer is the rosary. <laughs> yes. Sometimes the rosary is a beautiful experience, sometimes it's like a mountain to climb. Yes. <laughs> And I've had times where a a friend is especially burdened, so I'll pray a rosary. Just say, God, this rosary is for this person and this need. Well, I realized after climbing that mountain, Mm -hmm. I realized what I'm doing is expressing my love for that person by doing that. So, yeah, maybe (laughs) sometimes in the silence of our own room, just praying a rosary just for a specific need for a specific person. It's, yeah. it's
1: sacrifice. You're sacrificing your time, your, your focus for that individual. Yeah. And what God, and God says, pray in your room without being
0: yeah. known. Yeah. What,
1: what, what you do in private, God knows. Yeah. And so that prayer that you give becomes even that much more magnified because one, it's a sacrifice and 2 you're doing it, not for, for benefit for others to know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but for, but for benefit of that individual that you're intentionally thinking of intentionality is there in full force.
0: Yeah. This next one another's one and this is the last one we'll cover before we move on, but it's been one I've really struggled with over the years, but as proverbs says as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another, mm. admonish one another. Mm-hmm. Really helping each other to grow. And these are the admonish one another is actually a tough one. Yeah. yeah. Um it's
1: a spiritual work of mercy. Yeah. And and it's it's one that's hard hard to, to to swallow at mm-hmm. times, but uh, when you do it, how do you do it? And so, going back to the original another yeah. that you brought up, loving one another, how do I admonish you in love, not admonish you in self righteous? Yeah, admonishment, <laughs> yeah, and which is, and, and that is a that's easily a, a tripped up by the devil mm-hmm. when we're working in these kinds of situations mm-hmm. if we're not aware and if we're not in, in receiving mm-hmm. the sacraments on a yeah. regular basis. So,
0: yeah, just like the man in. The Church of Corinth who needed to be uh, actually temporarily excommunicated from that community. St. Paul said, I'm doing this in tears. I'm not doing this lightly, you know. Yeah. 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 It, has to be, it has to be in love. It has to be in empathy. <clears throat>
1: that a person becomes so blinded and they're so reckless that they're taking away, they're stealing, they're robbing. Yeah. And that's, you know, how much did uh, Christ do that with Peter when he turned and told him, get behind me, Satan? Mm-hmm. He loves Satan. He loves Peter. He's he's re, reacting to how Satan is manipulating Peter. Yeah, but he comes in this grace to give him three times to repent. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's and that was one of the times he was repenting yeah. for. Um, that's God's grace is just infinite for us, and mm-hmm. in, in through us, mm-hmm. and that's part of that. Mm.
0: So here's the tough question: So how can a priest, deacons, and and the leaders in the parish help the people? Practice this as a just community. Part part of it is, I think,
1: entering into it with them.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, Christ, Christ didn't <laughs> he didn't say, "Meet me in Jerusalem." You know, he he said, "I'm going to Jerusalem." Yeah, <laughs> and they walked with him, and they did the things, yeah. and they they witnessed the things that he did, eating with the sinners, um, t- breaking bread, taking part with the community that was broken, that was in need. Mm-hmm. Well we have to live that out and represent that mm-hmm. so yesterday I didn't you know I, I wasn't I didn't do a YouTube of that or anything like that. <laughs> you know but if I, I, I think that it gives me more authenticity when I pray a homily that I've been thanks be to God with a person who was in severe need mm-hmm. and I could just be with them I didn't bring any solution to them I, I gave them what little I had mm-hmm. which wasn't enough to last them more than half a day at most but I was there with them to give them strength in the moment Mm -hmm. and God magnifies that strength to be. I don't know what he's doing today. I think his day is better. I have hope that his day is better today than it was yesterday and as a a result of of my uh, taking the moment. Yeah. To be with.
0: Very good. Uh, It takes constant reminders. Yeah. I mean, that's why we go to the table each Sunday, return, return, return. That was the story of the Old Testament of Israel. Return, return, <laughs> return to me, says the Lord, you know, uh, as the prophet says. But we're constantly in the state of return. And I was thinking, uh, you know, some of the things we can do to promote a community and uh, to, to integrate these one another is give the members of the parish opportunities to do so, th- so through parish dinners. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. the idea this parish dinner exists for you to get tied together. Uh, as members or or breaking maybe even breaking uh, see what you think of this idea breaking down the parish into smaller communities within the parish i don't mean cliques but just true communities that are within the ecosystem of the parish
1: right and and there is a tension there as you just pointed out yeah sometimes they become cliques
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um sometimes they they remain very much um um, very respecting of the fact that we can't be a clique you know um but I think the church, particularly like, for instance, in the, in the uh, Archdiocese of Seattle, we're going through some real um, introspection on and, and reflecting on the fact that we can't maintain the, the structure that we have as the diocese of Seattle. And we're necessarily having to relook at and bring together communities that are uh, nearer one another. Mm-hmm. And not to say that this is the solution for other dioceses, but for our diocese, I sit on the, the pastoral council for, uh, for the archdiocese, and uh, we've talked about this need for, for bringing together groups. And when you do that, there's going to be tension, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a, even a repulsion by some groups to say, look, I don't want my group broken up. I don't have to be a part of another group. Mm-hmm. But that's the, that's the constant uh, growth Mm-hmm. of yeah. the church. And yeah. so I think in a small context for a church that that is trying to find a footing, creating, creating that small and, and maybe expanding as needed
0: mm-hmm. is
1: a value, and I think most represented by family. Yeah. We have to be able to support, as I said earlier, the family to be effective as a, as a community if we're gonna have communities broader be effective. Otherwise, it'll be based on something that's not authentic. Yeah. Always searching for what's authentic. What's most authentic <laughs> ah, is so
0: we're true. brought
1: together yeah. in marriage. We're, we're brought together in family. And whether the family is able to maintain, no matter what that outcome might be, the value is still the family. Mm-hmm. The value then brings from that family to the bigger family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it roots in that small part mm-hmm. and grows as the Holy Spirit allows it to grow. I mean, look at, as yeah. we have said before, uh, with St. Teresa of Avila and um, mm-hmm. uh, others who have created uh, uh, societies, they were they grew to be enormous, yeah <laughs> at, at points, necessarily, yeah. but then they also shrunk. Mm-hmm. And some societies that have been created have have actually diminished and to be to go away. It doesn't mean that there's a, a wrongness to that. There's a moment of need that the Holy Spirit can mm-hmm. act in.
0: Yeah, mm, So true. Now let's talk about how does the parish move into the neighborhood? And also be open to the neighborhood. And churches, you know, parishes now are not in type of neighborhoods we've had in the past. I mean, there's war zones right. going on in the parish. Uh, you know, my former parish, Planned Parenthood, opened up directly across the street. Uh, but you've got, you know, gang warfare around a lot of our parishes. You've got uh, a growing LGBTQ community around the parish, mm-hmm. which in itself is its own war zone because this week uh, – nationally in the public realm this transgender person called out the lgbt community saying you're not the oppressed anymore you're being the oppressors and this is a transgender person saying this so there's just this tension in the neighborhoods with parishes homeless camps all around how does a parish integrate into that neighborhood and become the light in that
1: neighborhood i think the the whole premise of this talk that we're having today the, yeah. To another. Yeah. How do we How do we uh, connect with another person that is is within our sphere of, of influence and capability? Um, and it can't be uh, we can't be retracting as a church.
0: Mm-hmm. We're, we have to. Ooh, yeah. We have
1: to forever be mm-hmm. pushing into the uncomfortableness of of what the world is is needing. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not to be um, of the world, but to be in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, if what's it mean to be in the world? We're gonna have to suffer. We're gonna have to sacrifice. <laughs> We're gonna have to to risk. Mm-hmm. And a community that is rooted strongly within the sacraments and community that's rooted strongly in prayer and awareness of one another can go out in a way like Nightwatch,
0: mm-hmm. as an
1: example, yeah. both uh, in Seattle and, and I think there's a Portland, comparable yeah, operation. Um, yeah. my gosh, you know what what a risk people make to do that. Yeah. But boy does that have effect oh yeah boy does that change lives and, and convert and and, and heal
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, what if that's not going to happen
0: mm-hmm. what if
1: what if we're constantly of the mind I need to be safe and, and locked behind a door the <laughs> church the church cannot live that way no you know and yet at the same time it can't be foolish and saying I'm just gonna run out and and do my thing that's the that's the balance of, of being Uh, guided by the holy spirit and being guided by self-righteousness if we're guided by self-righteousness it's going to get us in trouble yes the holy spirit can can lead us out
0: yeah and the church is supposed to be a radical organism in the world i was thinking along with your thoughts of suffering that the church uh is to be the crucifix as opposed to just the displayer of the crucifix supposed to be the crucifix right uh, in the neighborhood and uh, the members of the body living in cruciformity. Now, as we move towards the end of this podcast, there's three images from the New Testament I want to talk about briefly. First is the image of body. The church is the body. What does that look like within a parish?
1: Well, I think ironically, it's image. Mm-hmm. It's, it's image of myself, mm-hmm. of the other, and of God. Yeah. And in order to represent the body, and why did why did Christ use that? Uh, it, it's so intimately and um, uh, convictedly a part of one another. Mm-hmm. So I I have to be able to look at you, and even though my mind might be saying I've not related to you, we <laughs> haven't grown up together. Yeah, I have to be able to look at you and say, but God knows you, and God knows me. Yeah, and therefore this connection we have is and the through the same
0: dna is running through and si- yeah.
1: <laughs> this yeah. connection we have is through the body of yeah. christ yeah whether we're connected in that body yet or not or whether we're aware of that mm-hmm. the church should be aware that mm-hmm. we are connected yeah and that that in in that ac- action of being a body the body of christ how do we bring people in that's the the whole gospel message is bringing about the kingdom mm-hmm. of heaven yeah. is at hand well if i'm not acting as one who's in the kingdom of heaven, then I need to I need to continue mm-hmm. to work towards that awareness. Yeah. Because once I'm aware of it, and the saints are are prime examples of this. Once you're aware of it, you're able to do things that are absolutely impossible. Exactly. Saint John of the Cross, Saint Teresa of Avila did impossible things,
0: mm-hmm. as
1: amongst many of the great saints that we've had that could not have been done had they not had that that zeal that was instilled in them. Once they let go of their preconceived notions mm-hmm. and say, i got to make it through this dark night, whatever that dark night is, yeah. for something that is hope-filled for tomorrow.
0: Mm. Wow. Now, we won't take time to get into it, but church is family, church is community. Yeah. And by the way, growing family, growing community, not stagnant. Right. Yeah. So any final thoughts? This has been a lot to cover.
1: You know, I think for Catholics in America, we have maybe some of the most difficult challenge uh, to reconcile what society wants and expects and what the church has a need for us to present ah. and in that tension it, it should constantly be bringing humility to us as I as I've shared the, the the passage of Matthew on the yoke it's he's humble he's writing on a donkey, a, a foal of of, yeah. of an ass, into Bethlehem. He's riding on something that is absolutely, utterly, the lowest yeah. of animals to be to be brought in in terms of the the day. Well, we have to have that sense of I need to go into Jerusalem, but I need to go in with humility. I need to be countercultural, and that might mean I need to risk. I need to be able to step into uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm but I need to be able to step into it with confidence that Christ is with me. Mm. I'm yoked to him, yeah, and I can walk into this place I don't want to walk into because of that, uh, being yoked to Christ. Christ will give me the strength to do that. Yes. We, we have the potential within the Catholic faith, through the sacraments, through the teachings of the church, through social justice mm. uh, understanding and themes to do the good work, mm. to do the good yeah. work. And it's not the clergy. <laughs> it's all of us who yeah. are baptized priest, prophet, and king mm. into the world that mm. just rails, rails against Christ in many ways that we might see within within Portland community, within Seattle,
0: yeah,
1: within you. You name a, a, a place in America that isn't having such a uh, a battle, yeah. But we can't do it at, uh, from our own energy. Mm. We have to do it from Christ's energy. The Holy Spirit wants to give us that, and we receive that gift through our our baptism and confirmation most poignantly.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. It's a lot to digest. Yeah. But as St. James tells us in the scriptures, it's not enough to hear the word of God. You've got to do it. Put it into practice. And I encourage you as the listener just to take one idea from today put it into practice if you just do that one thing you'll be far ahead of where you were before you (laughs) did that one thing so one step at a time thank you deacon for joining us it's been absolutely a pleasure
1: oh i'm grateful you invited me back and look forward to hopefully future yes
0: yes i've got some plan for you (laughs) great been very helpful and let us truly be a church That is a community in action and reality as we create a just society right where we are within our own parish. And Deacon, would you close us with a blessing? Yes.
1: Lord Jesus, we are grateful for the body that you have created. This community that we live in, help us to be more open in our minds, in our eyes, in our ears to hear and see your need and be instruments of justice, instruments of hope for all those who are crying out in need. We ask this in your holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense
0: at gmail.com.